I want to share with you today, it's my joy to be able to preach today. Pastor Gabriel asked me uh, if I would uh, bring the word today. I told him I would. And, uh, and we're excited to have you. Last week was great with Resurrection Sunday. We had a great time enjoying the presence of the Lord and, and Easter. And then today we have Fam Fest, so you'll have a good time at that. I think they're going to have a, a food truck out there of some sort. If you didn't bring something, you can get something then. And, uh, and stay and enjoy Fam Fest fast with us. Another thing we have also outside is a baptismal pool. Now, some of you are going to say, well, you know, I would like to be water baptized, but you know, I didn't bring my clothes today and I wasn't thinking about it, but Gabriel told me that he's got you covered. He's got uh, shorts, t-shirts, and towels. So if someone says, I really would like to get baptized today, then we'll have an opportunity for you after the service outside to be water baptized. So just heads up on that. I want to talk to you today about water baptism. As a matter of fact, the church is going to be going into a series in John 11, 25. Uh, Gabriel will be bringing this next week. And where Jesus said this, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And I think that's the key for what we're going to do. I'm the resurrection life. He who believes in me, though though he may die, he shall live. And the key is, I'm the resurrection and the life. And that's what he told Martha before Uh, Lazarus is going to be resurrected. And so this series is going to be about life. We've gone through resurrection, and now we need to put our life together. And I think that's important for every one of us. It's not just coming in here, like Bobby said, but church takes place out there. We we just happen to covey up in here today to be together and get a word from God. And we're going to go outside, and all week long, we're going to be in the presence of God. Amen, y'all? And I just say, take him to wherever you go. But when you come in here, you ought to have a good time in the presence of the Lord. So I want to talk about water baptism today. Let me just give a precursor to this and kind of uh, get it out of the way. This will help maybe some of you, uh, perhaps, and if it doesn't, well, we'll work on it later. There are several things in the church that we can debate We can debate all kinds of things. We can debate the method of water baptism, whether you sprinkle or pour or you immerse, dunk. We happen to be dunkers. So we're going to put you under the water. It won't be, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the little girl that was going to baptize her cat. And so she was going to immerse the cat. You know, cats don't like that going right into it. But in the process of getting ready to get the water ready and put the cat in, uh, she spilled some water and it splashed upon the cat. The cat scratched her, jumped and started running down the street. She said, okay, be a Methodist the rest of your life. Because the cat just got sprinkled and didn't get immersed. And her idea was, we're going to immerse you. So immersion is one of the things that we do here uh, at this church, at Gateway Family Church. Another thing that probably you need to know uh, about what we believe or don't believe, we, we don't do infant baptism because we believe that a person that is going to be baptized in water needs to be born again. That's the process. And we're going to deal with that today. There is a, there is a process in the kingdom of God and how he does things. Uh, the other thing is we don't believe, and this is going to be a term that I'll give you. It's not to debate today. It'd be a smaller group and a little bit more conversation if we wanted to really kind of pour through some scripture on it. But we don't believe in... In regeneration baptism, in other words, we do not believe that water baptism is your regeneration. We don't believe that's where you're born again. So we want to let you know that. Then you're going to say, well, then if, if, if it, what does it do for us? Is it important? Water baptism is, a, is tremendously important for every one of us. And there is, in, in the Word of God, there's a trifecta. Uh, y'all know what trifecta is, right? Trifecta is putting, yeah, you gamblers all get it. 
You bet on the horse first, second, and third, and you won them all, right? So it is, it is trifecta is, it is from a gambling term, but a trifecta is using a lot of things. There's a trifecta in the Spartan races. Your pastor, Gabriel, he's, uh, he's done the trifecta twice, and that is doing the, the five-mile sprint and the, the nine-mile, whatever the next one was, and then the, the beast, which is uh, 13 miles, I think, of obstacles. So he's done that twice, which is a trifecta. Uh, a trifecta in politics is when the politicians, the particular group, Republicans or, or labor or Democrats or whatever the party is and whatever the government's set up like, it's when they have the three uh, positions of authority. They have, the, they have the White House, they have the Senate, and they have the rule um, in the House. So that's a trifecta in politics. That makes sense to you? There's a trifecta um, also in, uh, in acting and singing. You can get a, a Grammy, an Emmy, and, um, and an Oscar. And that'd be a trifecta. And then we have the triathlon, which is kind of a trifecta, I would guess. We have one person that I know is going to be doing that. Uh, that's Jay Clark. He's, he was our keyboardist today. He's going to do a half um, triathlon. So I guess that'd be a triathlon, it'd be a, a 1.5. But, so he's going to do a half triathlon in a few weeks, and then he's going to do a full one later on, I guess, in the year. And, and I don't know, you know, tri, what tri, I, I was asking him about triathlon, what do you do, and how does that look? And I don't know, he told me that he's going to, like, swim from New Orleans to Mobile, and then bike up from there to Birmingham, and then he runs from Birmingham back to New Orleans, and that's where they, yeah, it's really big. Okay, maybe it wasn't exactly like that, but he, he, it was his story, so I didn't call him down on any of it. But the idea of a trifecta, it's three wins, it's three things that have been put together. And uh, so I want us to look at that, and we're going to start in, in Hebrews 6, 2, to just kind of give you an idea um, uh, about uh, trifecta because sometimes we miss this on baptisms. And this is Paul talking to the, to the church and he's telling them that we need to move on. You should already have had this and we don't want to have to go over it again so we're going to move on. And if you're reading this, it says this. It says, and the doctrine we need to move on from the doctrine of what? Baptisms, plural. So already you need to put your thinking cap on. There's more than one baptism in the Bible. And I won't go through all of them right now, but just, just to kind of give you a few of them, there's a, there's a baptism into the body of Christ. We'll talk about that today. There's a baptism in water. We'll talk about that. There's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. We'll just kind of touch on that also. There's another baptism. about seven of them in the Bible. One baptism is a baptism of fire, which is, you know, kind of iffy. But then there's a baptism. There's a baptism of suffering. I just say no. I mean... There's some of that I don't want to go back over. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but baptism of suffering is not one of those I'm signing up for. Uh, if Gabriel ever puts that sign-up slip out, I ain't going there. But, but there are other baptisms. I wanted you to see that because sometimes you're talking about baptisms and you make it plural and you talk about the New Testament, then people aren't getting it because all they've ever been taught is just one baptism. You know, that's that baptism up in church and we do that to be a member of the church. Or we do that because we, we've, uh, we're, we want to be a part of the church. Some of y'all got baptized when you were four, five, six years old. Some of you got baptized just more recently than that. So we want to just kind of touch on that. But the idea is there's more than one baptism. But let's look at a couple of those. One is in Matthew 28, 19. <clears throat> well, let's go, let's go uh, Mark 16, 15 to be fine. 
Mark 16, 15, it says this, And he said to them, Go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes... Pay attention to how this process is. And he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. I want to just stop and throw one thought at you right here. The person that believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who doesn't believe is condemned. So baptism is a moot subject if you don't believe. It doesn't enter in. Now, another word here is this word saved, and you need to see that word because that word in your Bible is the word sozo, and it's used scores of times. Sozo means saved. Now, in the church, we talk about, did you get saved or I got saved? I get that, and I like that and understand, but the truth is, when you come to Christ, you're born again. You're born again. You are saved in the context of the word. But the idea is that word's a lot bigger. You remember the woman that said, that was pushing through the crowd, she had the issue of blood, and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. You remember that? She said, I'll be made sozo. I will be sozo. I will be saved. I will be made whole. So let me give you the idea, as long as we're on this one verse, and then we'll, we'll shift but, uh, to Matthew 28, 19. But the word sozo, saved, you shall be saved if you believe and you're baptized. It means to save. It means to deliver. It means to make whole. It means to heal. It means to rescue. It means to prosper. It means to help. It means welfare. It means preservation. And it means cure. So the verb sozo is a lot bigger than we think. When we see the word saved in the Bible, or healed in the Bible, or delivered in the Bible, you need to just run a word search every once in a while, and you'll find out there's one Greek word there that has the context of many meanings in it. So there's a lot of times when we read saved, it's talking about a deliverance and not necessarily regeneration. Sometimes it's regeneration and nothing else. Does that make sense to anybody yet? So the word is sozo. Let's look at another place uh, in your, well, let's see here, where are we? Let's go to Matthew 28. 19, and it says, go therefore, Jesus speaking, go therefore and make disciples of all of the nations and do what? Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I'll just say this to you, that is a command for us as a church. So let me just say this to you. If going into the world and preaching the gospel is a command and baptism is a command, what do you think we ought to do? I mean, I'm just going to pitch you the thought. If I have a command from God to go into all the world, I don't have a choice about that. I don't have to pray about it. I just need to do it. The other part is baptism. Baptize them. It's important or he wouldn't have commanded us to baptize. There's something in it we've got to get. And he said, do it in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. And I'll just give you one more little burr that gets under people's saddle there. There are certain denominations or groups that say, you've got to use our formula. And we lived in an area years ago in Louisiana. And in that area of the country, there was a, a huge population, community of this particular belief system. And If our people came to our church and we baptized them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they went out and one of these other folk witnessed to them and wanted to know about their born-again experience, they wouldn't let them off with, did you believe? They'd say, okay, but did you get baptized? I did. Then it's not good enough yet. It was, and what'd they say over you? Well, if you didn't say Jesus, then you weren't really baptized in their opinion. 
So I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, they really have a pretty good thought on that. I mean, the Bible says everything you do, you do as unto the Lord, and you do it in the name of the Lord. So I thought for my people, instead of trying to make them become contenders and have to fight the issue, I just started baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in the authority of Jesus' name. And I thought, we covered all the bases. I mean, we've got everybody in here. And so that's another trifecta, by the way. There is this ontological triune God we have, and that's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then the, he's in the economical triune God. He's, a, he's this three-part that has things he does. There are three things that happen through the Godhead for us in salvation. The Father makes the arrangements for it. Jesus acquires it, and the Holy Spirit applies it. So the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work in our salvation. It's not just one thing that happens. There's several things that's already been working. Does that make sense to y'all? Now, I'm not trying to complicate salvation. Jesus Christ is who you believe in. It's His sacrificial death, burial, and resurrection that brings us to salvation. But I'm just saying this. The Bible says this started before He got to the cross. It started with the Father making arrangements. The Bible says from the foundations of the world. The Father's already making the arrangements. Jesus came to acquire it. He got it for us. Now the Holy Spirit makes application of it. Does that make sense to anybody yet? So we've got this baptism. We've got, we, we know we've got more than one baptism. And now we know that we're commanded to baptize. And then we're commanded to understand this baptism is a belief system. There's got to be a believing before water baptism is going to matter one way or the other. And if there's no believing, baptism isn't going to help you. So we need to understand it is commanded, we need it, but then we need to figure out exactly how does that work for us. Well, let, let me give you a couple of thoughts. I'm going to give you a couple of illustrations also. I was just thinking about this idea of being saved, as a matter of fact. If we always think saved is only born again. Do you remember Paul said in 1 Timothy, he said, we are saved. And then he says in 2 Corinthians, he said, we are being saved. Now I've got a problem. If I'm already saved, how can I be being saved? Well, if it's regeneration, I'm already. But if it is being completed, if it's being made whole, if it's being rescued, I'm in the process, y'all. I'm being saved on a daily basis. And then he goes on to say this in Romans 5. He says, and you're going to be saved. So look, look what it is, the word saved. We, we use it so tritely in church. He said, we are saved, we're, we were saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. He's talking about the resurrection of the day. He's talking about going to heaven over here, that being put there, that preservation. Does that make sense to you? Right now, I'm fighting a battle. I'm being saved, thank God. The anointing of God is on our lives to be overcomers through salvation. And then I was saved. There was a time when I was regenerated. Does that make any sense to you? Let me give you three of my... Three of my baptismal stories that happened to me in, in doing water baptism. Probably one of the first ones that happened, we were living in Louisiana. And so we, our church we had didn't have a baptismal pool. I mean, we didn't have a portable we could put outside. So we had to go to the creek. Now, there are a lot of people in redneck Christianity... That that's the only way to get baptized, get down in that water that's running. I mean, the pond won't do. And so we found, we, we, there's this particular creek that flowed in our area, which is outside of Simpson, Louisiana. 
which is in the middle of nowhere between Alexandria and Fort Polk, Leesville. And so they had this creek that ran along there, and we were going to go have a baptismal there. And so we went down to the creek. The church all, you know, went down there together. And, and there were kids swimming because there was a creek that flowed down. And then the bottom dropped off into a deep hole. And that made a place where the kids could dive off the bluff bank into the water. Y'all still tracking me? So they had a deep place. Right there at that edge was where the water was deepest flowing, but yet it was also sand. So if you got too close to the edge, the sand get out from your feet, you go down to the deep water. So we're baptizing, and one of the guys I'm going to baptize, his name is Almond Walters. Almond Walters is about the size of Brandon Neal. And you guys in the gym know him. He's about like, you know, six, three, four-ish, big dude. So this guy's a big, older guy, like I am now, he was then. So he's an older guy, about this tall, big country guy. Had to be baptized in that creek. So we wade out in the creek. When we got out in the creek, where we were was only about this deep. I'm thinking, dude, I ain't strong enough to let this big guy down and get him back up out of that water, and it's flowing. So I said, Alman, we're going to need to move down here a little bit further toward the, toward the hole. He said, fine. So we're moving down. So the hole is over here. We're moving down toward it, and we got just a few feet from the edge where it drops off. And we've got water up to here now, so I'm feeling a little bit better about life. So I get old Alman, and I, you know, and he gave his testimony. He was born again, accepted Christ. And, and I said, okay, I'm going to put your hand over your nose and hold your breath, and we're going to go down here. And I said, in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, in the authority of Jesus' name, and I pushed him down. Well, when I did, I started to pick him up, you know, naturally. So I started to pick him up, but when I did, he wouldn't move. And what had happened was I didn't know he was standing on that sand, and the sand gave away from his feet. So now his feet are down that way, and I've got him under the water, and I see his feet sticking up, and I can't get him out of the water. His eyes get about this big (laughs) under the water. It's like on TV or something. Life slows down for me. I've got him under this water. I'm thinking, Jesus, what do I do? They think I'm praising God. I I am definitely crying out for help. I have Alman under the water, and, and he's like in his... He's in his late 60s, early 70s. And I've got this big guy under the water. So the only thing I could think of is get his feet down. So I put my leg up over the top of him. <laughs> got, up on, got up on his waist with my feet. Pushed him down to where I could get his feet to the ground and get him up out of the water. That's one of my, that's one of my stories. And I almost quit baptizing then. I thought, we're going to go to sprinkling. <laughs> Sprinkling's a lot safer. Another one of my baptismal stories took place in Colombia. We were missionaries in South America down in Colombia, and we were down uh, in a place called Bahia, Bahia Solano, which is the Bay of Solano, which doesn't mean a lot to you all, but it, it, we went down there to, uh, to help uh, plant a church with a guy. So we would fly down on these little twin engine. I forget the name of them. It's the engines are over the cab, right by the next to the cab. There's little small puddle jumpers. We'd fly down there from the city, and we would land in a cow pasture. I mean, like, you know, cow patties are moving, and so are the cows. It's just terrible. We got down there. We got in a boat, the pastor and I did, and we went about a 30-minute ride out across the bay and came into a point out on the end of the bay. When we did, we were going to meet with some Indians, some Embedda Indians. So you can look them up, E-M-B-E-R-A, Embedda Indians. They start about Panama and run down into South America. 
this particular group of Indians, the way the women dress is, is a little bit of a problem if you're from America and you go there because they don't wear tops. They wear a necklace, yeah. One, 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 time, one time a church came down to visit us. They're from Mobile. They came down to visit us. And uh, the pastor is a very modest guy. I used to be at one point, but he still was. He's a very modest guy, and he wanted pictures with the Embedda Indians. And so the little mayor of the community we were in, he and his wife, so, uh, so uh, what is his name, Pastor Jerry? So Pastor Jerry says, well, uh, I want to get the picture, you know, with his family. And I said, well, Jerry, let's get it just the, with the, the mayor here. And, you know, they, they had a little hat on. He looked really cool. And I said, let's get him. He said, no, I want his wife to in the picture. I said, oh, I do. I, I told the man, I said, por favor, podría conseguir su esposa para la foto, por favor. And so he went in and got his wife and brought her out. She comes out with a skirt on, y'all, and this little necklace, and she ain't got nothing else on. And they paint themselves with a dye that comes from seeds of a plant, and so they have purple dots all over them, or they'll paint themselves, and it was very interesting. And she came out naked on the top. I said, okay, here, here's, your, here's your mayor's wife. He looked at her and looked at me like something is really terrible. And I said, just get on in there between them. Let's get her picture made. <laughs> and he got in. He got in there with, with them in the picture her on one side, Mary on the other side, and we took his picture. And I, I was laughing inside. I thought, dude, you get back to Mobile, Alabama and show that. You, you'll lose your church. You're out of here. But, uh, but one, more, one more quick thing about the embedded Indians. Uh, there was a lady that came down, and she was from an American church. And she was having a ladies' meeting with all of these women. And she wanted to have a picture. And she, so the night before, she said, now tomorrow we're going to take pictures, so I'm giving everybody T-shirts. So she gave all of these ladies in the ladies' conference T-shirts to wear the next day. They came back the next day. They had the T-shirts on, but they'd cut holes (laughs) in the front of the T-shirt. So we're, I just wanted you to kind of see the trouble I was in trying to baptize people. So we went down and we landed over here and these people walked four days out of the jungle to get to that beach where we were going to have a a meeting with them. They had just found Christ as Savior. They're born-again people, but they've been living together because they didn't know you're supposed to get married in their culture. But they found out now they're born again. They can't, you know, they got to do something here. So they they want to get married. So we had a marriage ceremony. And it was, it was, it was one of those I couldn't show the pictures of. But we're baptizing these people. The other thing about embedded Indians are about this tall. And we only could baptize in the bay where the ocean was, Pacific Ocean coming in. So we're going to baptize these people. Well, I don't know if y'all been to the beach lately or not, but to get out deep enough to put someone under the water, you got waves hitting you. So what I had the problem with is these people were so short trying to baptize them and get them out deep enough to get in the water that the water would come in and hit them and just like go over their head almost. So what I did is I, I baptized them, get them out in between waves. And then I would try to get Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. I had to get all of that between one wave and the other 
that when the other wave got there, it would go over them and they'd be baptized. So they, it was just a very interesting thing. My, my other baptismal story, I got one more story about baptism. This happened in Auburn, Alabama several years ago. We pastored down there and uh, Gabriel and Perry had been a part of our staff, different ones of us. We had a, a, a growing church and we we're going to have a water baptismal service one Sunday morning. We had this service. I'd preached on water baptism and then we gave, uh, we, we told the people that are going to be baptized that day that they could go get themselves prepared to be baptized. I think we had eight or ten people to be baptized that day. When we started baptizing these people, what God began to do in their lives of just giving them freedom, just bringing an anointing to them, like I've never seen baptizing people in my life. So as we were baptizing these people, and they would come up and just the thrill of the freedom, the anointing on their life, other people in the congregation started saying, I want to get baptized. Unlike Gabriel here, we weren't prepared. But by the time we got done, after I forget how long we were baptizing, over 100 people that day had come up to be baptized in their street clothes. They went home wet. I mean, you know, they got baptized, and that's how they went home. Nothing to change into. One of the girls in our church, she was from Presbyterian background. Her dad pastored, as a matter of fact, the Presbyterian church at that time. And, and uh, she and her husband and kids attended our church. And her mama, her mama's name is Sissy, came into that service, that particular service, that had an early service, so she came after their service, was sitting in the back of our building, and as we were baptizing people, and I would call their name out, and we would put them under the water, she sat in the back with a notebook and would write their name down. And then she would write whatever the Lord spoke to her heart about that person. And every time someone was baptized, when she got done, she had pages of people's names and a word from God from each one of them that we tried to go through and reproduce for them so they would have it. I'm telling you, it was one of the most unusual things I've ever been in my life. Never been anything like that since. But it was about water baptism. So here's what I found out about water baptism. It's a lot more important than we give God credit for on it. We think sometimes it's just a thing we do religiously. God help us to make up our minds in church that we're not going to do anything just because. That we're going to make up our mind when I lift my hands, I'm doing it. I believe God sees it. I believe the anointing of God is coming on my life today. I believe my praise is going to shake the foundations of the enemy's camp. I believe there's freedom if I praise God. When these folk are up on this platform, I've got to determine in my mind that church is not just coming and sitting around. That there is a supernatural anointing that flows in our lives. Does that make sense to anybody? Maybe. But, but those are my experiences in water baptism. It was just, it's interesting to me what God does. I want to read a few more scriptures, if we could, and just kind of let you see some of these about, the, uh, about these three baptisms, and then we're gonna, we'll move on. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 13, I think this is one of the interesting things we find in the Word of God about water baptism. And it says, for by one, by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Now, you don't hear a lot of preaching on that in churches about being baptized into the body, but the Word of God makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit has a job. When you accept Jesus Christ as Savior, you're put into the body of Christ. The question is, how would you get there? And the answer is, the Holy Spirit put you in the body. 
How many of y'all born again? Raise your hand. You've been born again. You've asked Christ in your heart. You're born again. Okay, okay, okay. How you got in the body of Christ wasn't your doing. It's not something you did. You agreed with what God said. You accepted the sacrifice of Christ. You believed for that to forgive you of sins. You believed that. But it was the Holy Spirit that put you into the body of Christ. So when you got born again, whether you knew it or not, you got baptized. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether we're Jews or Greeks, whether we're slaves or free, and we've all been made to drink the same spiritual drink. In other words, we've been put into the body of Christ. Say baptism. Okay, so that's one of the, the trifecta. That's baptism into the body. Who did that? Who baptized you into the body? Holy Spirit did, not the pastor. Holy Spirit did that. He put you. That's his responsibility is to get you in. Here's the other one. We've read it already. We'll look at it again. Matthew 28, 19. And it says this, that it is a sign to the world. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we have a second baptism. On that baptism, we do that. If I baptize you, I'm the agent, you're the candidate, and the water's the element, and that's where we baptize right there. Why do we do that? It's commanded. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but if I've got a command from God and I know I'm supposed to do it, and I sit in church for months or weeks or years and just say, well, I'm gonna, I don't have to, it's not important. I may be in trouble here because I'm disobeying the first command I have after I'm born again. Does that make sense to anybody? So it is a command out there. It's not what gets me born again. I'm regenerated as the Holy Spirit puts me in the body. He does that. That's a spiritual issue. But water baptism is a command from God, and it is important for us to be obedient, right? So here's the other one. This is in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and this is the third baptism that we'll see in here. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in it with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit or the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled with the Spirit as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, that's the other baptism. Now, you're going to say, but where where did that one come from? Do you remember when John saw Jesus and he was coming to be water baptized? And Jesus said, I need to be baptized. And John said, oh, no, no, you need to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, you need to baptize me. Do it for righteousness sake. And then John said, that one is the one that is going to baptize you. That's the Lamb of God. He's coming to save you. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So he said that, that Jesus had a responsibility of a baptism, and it's in the Holy Spirit. So, so let's, let's look at our trifecta. We've got one trifecta, and that is I'm baptized into the body. We've got another part of the trifecta that I'm baptized in water, right? 
for the remission of sins. And the word for there can be a because of, it can be a by. So we can look at that and argue over it. My idea on that is when I'm baptized, it's because I've been forgiven. But I'll give you a little bit more on what water baptism looks like, the strength of it. But then the other one is baptism in the Holy Spirit. A lot of churches don't talk about that. They'd rather debate a little bit on speaking tongues or whatever. I'm just saying this. There's a baptism that John said Jesus would baptize me with. There's a baptism that the Spirit does, there's a baptism my pastor does, and there's a baptism that Jesus does. And all of these are a part of the kingdom of God. They're the trifecta. They're the three winds in baptism in the Word of God. There are three things we need to be looking for. Now, one of the things about water baptism uh, that I do like, it is in all of the Gospels. It made all of the Gospels. It's in them. And also, though, if, I, if I understand correctly in water baptism, Romans 6, 4 says, when I come up from the water, I should come up with a different lifestyle. There's something, when I'm born again, I think things are going to change. It's mainly on the inside. But water baptism is really, that's really kind of a radical idea. Think about being water baptized. I mean, telling someone at work you love them, or Jesus loves them, and you love them, or whatever, that, that, that's witnessing. That's kind of radical. But get up in front of a bunch of people and get dunked in water? I mean, that's super radical to me. But I find out that that is, the Bible says, something that, there's something that happens in water baptism. Let me back you up on this. If I anoint you with oil and pray for you for healing according to Scripture and you're healed, it's not that I'm the healer. And it's not that the oil has the power that I would touch you with. It's that the Lord raises you up. But it is the steps of obedience that get you there. So a part of what we deal with here is just being obedient. Water baptism is a part of me being obedient. Now, I want you to look at the supernatural side of it because I do believe that something happens by faith. Let's look in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter... Let's look at... Did I give you 1 Corinthians chapter 10? Let's look at this. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud. Now watch this. This is Paul speaking. He said they were under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank and the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. We get a supernatural view of what Paul saw happen with Moses and the deliverance of the children of Israel. Here's what it was. He looked back and said, I see some baptisms here. I see some baptisms here. Here's what Paul said he saw. He saw them come out. Now, let me ask you a question. How did they get to be able to walk out? What was the thing that got them to be able to walk out? Do you remember? What do they do with the lamb? What do they do with the lamb? Kill the lamb? What do they do with the blood? We just got this recently. Doorpost, lentils, the post, right? And then they went in, they ate it. They had a Passover meal. And the death angel would pass over. And if they had the blood on them, then they were in their protection. That was that salvation place. That's that regeneration place. That's where they get their freedom from. That's where they start right there. But they're still got to get out of the land. He said, I saw two things here. I saw a cloud they had to come through, right? Didn't they come through a cloud? They, they came under a cloud to get out. That cloud, Paul said, was the Spirit. And then he said, they came through the Red Sea. 
Now, this is the one that really gets my attention right here because they're dealing with this water issue again. And he said they were baptized into Moses. There was, this, this, there was a freedom given and there were some baptisms that happened and they came through the Red Sea. How many of y'all remember when they came through the Red Sea? How many of y'all remember that story, right? Okay, let me ask you a question. When they came through the Red Sea, who was after them? They got free from Pharaoh, but what was Pharaoh doing when they were, when they were leaving? Pursuing them, right? Let me stop and ask you a question. How many of y'all born again? Tell me again. How many of y'all born again? How many of y'all ever have a temptation? How many of you ever feel like the devil is after you? Right? You got out, but he didn't shut down because you got out. You got out and he said, I'll get you back. So he's coming after us. One of the things about obedience and water baptism that we need to catch some traction on this morning is this. When I'm water baptized, it's a faith issue. When I'm water baptized, Gabriel baptized me. When I'm water baptized, it's in plain old water. But I know this, by faith when I go down, it represents a death and the burial and the resurrection. In other words, when I go down that water, I'm not just thinking about I need to hold my breath and hold my nose. I'm not thinking about what if my feet slip like the almond did. I'm not thinking about the waves coming in. What I'm thinking about when I get in that water is something supernatural is about to happen. If I walk up front and ask someone to pray for me, one of our, one of our elders that are going to be praying and anointing, if I walk up, I'm believing God's going to do something. Right, y'all? I mean, when I come, I believe God's going to do something. When you get in a baptismal pool, you better be making your mind up that this is not just about church. It's not just about, I'm going to be a part of y'all. It's not just something I do for membership. There's something supernatural that's going to happen as we follow the Lord by faith. And what I believe, according to Scripture, is there's a place where the enemy's going to get cut off from his pursuit of me, that I can come up with a fresh anointing on my life. And just like the children of Israel coming out of the Red Sea, the Lord can put his hand down there. Now, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I need that in my life. And when the enemy's coming against me and tempting me and attacking me, I take him back to baptism. I tell him, dude, I am born again. I am born again, and I've been baptized. And there's something between me and you that you can't get by. And I take him back to baptismal waters and say, you've got to stop right here. And he can laugh at the pool of water, and he can tell me it was just ocean water, and he can tell me that's just tap water. Y'all just turn that in. He can tell me water if he wants to. And I can tell him, yes, it is, but by faith, but by faith, but by faith. When I got in there by faith, when I got in by faith and I was baptized, an old man went down, a new man comes up. I'm just telling you that there's a cutting off place if we can see why we do what we do. And I think that's one of the keys to being baptized is knowing why we're doing what we're doing. Does that make sense to anybody yet? So we need to be baptized. We'll look at two more verses and I'm going to be done. This is Acts 2.21. I want us to look at this, Acts 2.21. This This is Peter preaching at Pentecost. And he says this, It shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall what? Yeah, shall be sozoed. And you've got to look the word up and find out, does that mean born again? Or does that mean I'm just going to be helped? You're going to find out that if you call on the name of the Lord, you're going to be born again. You can call on the name of the Lord and be saved today. That's the, that's the key. But, but, is there more to this? Can we see the trifecta anywhere else? Verse 38 will show you the trifecta put together again. Look at this. Peter said to them, repent. Here we go. We're calling out to the Lord. We're repenting. That's how you get forgiveness. 
Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Again, we can, we can bring this to a discussion on the word for, and, and we can understand what we want to about this, but I'm telling you from my perspective, taking the whole word from the Old Testament to the New and the idea of water baptism, it brings me to the fact that my repentance is a spiritual issue that the Holy Spirit does with me. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you're going to find repentance, baptism, and infilling of the Spirit. You're going to find your baptism into the body. You're going to find baptism in water and you're going to find baptism in the Holy Spirit. You're going to find the trifecta. They work together. What if I'm born again but I'm not baptized in water and Jesus came today? Would I go to heaven? I will say this, the thief on the cross did. He didn't make it by the pool. People on airplanes, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but an airplane is crashing and someone has knowledge of salvation, but they're not born again, and they call on the name of the Lord. They call on the name of the Lord. I believe they're born again. That's my belief system. I believe they're born again. So it lets me see that I can't put salvation in the idea of born again, I can't put that to the pastor and water. I have to put that to the Holy Spirit. That He's the one that when I repent, He puts me in Christ. Now, we're not going to read these verses, but I could take you back to the book of Acts. And you could trace chapters 8, 9, 10, and 19. And if you looked at all of those, you would find that believers accepted Christ, were baptized in water, and baptized in the Spirit, the trifecta. It happened as a progress of, of their walk with the Lord. One of them was Cornelius' house in chapter 10, and Peter said, he said, wow, he said, as I was preaching, they received the words of the gospel. And they were spirit-filled. So they received the word and they're spirit-filled. He said, how could I not water baptize them? Because they'd already believed. They'd already been spirit-filled. So I'm just going to say this to you. Once you're a believer, you, these other two baptisms, water baptism, spirit baptism, could happen at the same time. They could happen a day later or a month later. It's just my opinion that if something is commanded of me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And if I tell you that it correlates to the children of Israel, not just getting away from Pharaoh, not just getting free by the blood, but for their ongoing freedom, their ongoing salvation, that I'm saved, I'm being saved. It's a part of that, that victory. Does that make sense to anybody? So water baptism becomes a, a point to me that becomes a part of a trifecta. It's not just a one thing to preach about. You have to put it together with other things. So I'm just saying today that I believe in baptism. I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. Three wins.
There are three winds. There are three baptisms. Baptism into the body of Christ. The only part you can have on that is believing and confessing. I believe in Jesus. I believe you're the Savior. I believe that you forgive me of my sins. It is that time when we say, Lord, forgive me. And I'm going to say this to you. When you say, Lord, forgive me of my sins, the truth is, the sin that really, that really is going to be snatched off of you is a sin of not accepting Him. The sin of rebellion, of not living, not serving Him, not living for Him. That's a sin that's snatched off. How many of you know we still deal with other things in our lives on a daily basis? Oh, yeah. Here's what I... I don't believe that you can ask the Lord to come into your heart and say, forgive me my sin, and then to think in your mind... I just have nothing wrong with me. And one of the Bible says we all have jacked up areas we're dealing with. But the sin that's taken off of you, is it one that will keep you out of heaven? Is it one where you've rejected Jesus? You've not accepted Him. Forgive me, Lord. Because I still repent on a daily basis of other things in my life. But i got to get that first baptism right. And that is, Lord, forgive me of my sins. When I asked Him to do that, the Holy Spirit puts me in the body of Christ. Mike Wright doesn't do it. Gabriel doesn't do it. The praise team doesn't do it. The Holy Spirit does it. It's not anointing me with oil. It's not putting me in water. It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility. And He's the one that puts you in Christ. And you don't have to prove that to anyone. The next step would be water baptism. I need to be baptized in water. Why? Because i got a devil that's really mad. And I want to put something between me and Him. I, 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 want some, I want some obedience in my life that I know I've got a place that I can put my, my foot down and say, right there, right there is your limit to me. Amen? Bow your heads if you would. Oh, don't. Just look up. We, I almost let you off the hook. If you're not serving Jesus, if you're not born again, you're not born again, you're not serving Jesus, you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. Or you did, but you've been living like hell ever since, and you've not been serving Him. Then maybe today, maybe today, we need to just own that. And say, Lord Jesus, today forgive me of my sin. I accept you as my Savior. Holy Spirit, put me, baptize me into the body. Put me in the presence of God. So we're going to do that right now. Everybody here, we're going to say it together. Right? Right, Carrie? So we're going to say it together. We're going to say it as they do in Spanish, in Bols Alta. We're going to say it in our loud voice. We're going to use our, our words this morning. Now, If you're not born again, what a perfect time. (laughs) Right? Because everybody's going to be saying it with you. I guess I've gotten so old, I just try to make it easy on you if I can. Let's do this. Let's do this, right? You ready? All right, let's do this. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me. Of all my sin. 
And I ask today today. that you would save me, me. regenerate me me. by the power of your Spirit. Spirit. I accept you you as my Savior Savior. and my Lord. Lord. You are my King King. from this day forward. forward. I'll never be the same. Never Never, ever. ever. I'm changed today. today. I'm in the body of Christ. By the power of the Spirit, the the belief in my heart, the the confession of my mouth, in Jesus' name.